everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Big Blue Brothers podcast. I'm Andrew. Alongside me are my brothers, Stephen and David, at various places throughout the country. Uh, David, how you doing, bud? I am fantastic. Wow. Always talk to me first. Going it's to okay, him. Man. I just I wanted to make David Hurtful feel to switch it up. <laughs> I wanted to feel like he was accepted. We waited on him for twenty first. minutes to get this thing going, and you I still know. go to him first, huh? Trying to Whatever. Wounds. We're fourteen minutes behind schedule. Whatever. <laughs> and whose fault is that, Stephen? David's. All right. So, David, those are the only words you get to say for the broadcast. Stephen, how are you? <laughs> Doing wonderful. Fantastic. Uh. It's been a long time, but we had to wait for Kentucky to win a game before we could do a, a, a podcast again. And it, it took a while. Yes, they've won three since we've done it and a bowl game. So that's very exciting. But still, we didn't, we wanted to make sure that we weren't the curse. Yeah, kind of, oh, but we were. Well, I don't know. So if we lose again on, on Tuesday to Bama, then uh, that'll suck. But hey, that's, you know, that's for first place. Yeah. We're doing great, man. Our basketball, like we have a basketball team now. But before we get to basketball, I think we should wrap up the football season since we have had a bowl win since then and kind of just final thoughts on the season. So, uh, David, at the beginning of the year, we all had very different uh, thoughts about how the year would go. I thought that we would win many more games than we did. Uh, but at the end, I feel good about how the season ended ended at five and six got a bowl win against nc state kind of like what are your final thoughts on the season the way it went um i mean i'm still disappointed in the way the rest of the season went but this game was pretty awesome we did we did pretty well and it's looking good for next season and that's what i'm excited about instead of worrying about how poorly we did this season do you buy into the fact, though, that, like, we won four SEC games, and if that were a normal year where there's only, like, eight of them, and then we win, you know, three or four of the non-conference ones, that gets us to seven or eight wins. That's about a normal season at UK. So are you really disappointed with the record? Is it because particular teams we lost to? Is it just the final record that was a losing record? What What's the disappointment from? I think it's more just the, just the losing record at the end of the season. Um, yeah, that, that point of view has – has validity to it like sec is is tougher but even without you know easy teams we should have we should have gotten a win or two more than we have probably because some of those that we did lose seemed like they slipped away like old miss at the beginning of the year even we should have hung with auburn a little bit better stuff like that steven what about you uh, david mentioned how the the final result with a losing record isn't the best but we see what a losing record in the sec versus a ranked uh nc state team uh, who was the better in that one? So what what are your kind of final thoughts? Disappointed? Uh, happy with how the season went? Kind of in the middle? Uh, probably in the middle. I mean, I think I was definitely frustrated throughout the year. But um, I, I am one of those that appeals to the – if you play the regular year out, it's a 8-4 and four team, realistically. Um, yeah. I mean, who do we add? We added Alabama and Ole Miss that we added. Uh, that sounds right because they would both um, be West which, teams, and we play Mississippi State every year, so that that sounds right. And Auburn yeah, and was we already play, on the we schedule. We were going to play Auburn anyway, so yeah. those are two of your losses. So uh, we finished what four and six, so that would put you at four and four. And then if you just, I mean, you're going to beat the three crap, well, the four crap teams because Louisville sucks. So yes. um, really, the only game that was the two games to me that were frustrating. Obviously, Ole Miss losing to them, 
at the end of the game like that. And then uh, Missouri was kind of bad, but Missouri turned out to be decent. But you can't – it sucked getting blown out by Alabama and Florida. But, I mean, kind of what you expect in Alabama and Florida, we were just kind of gassed, I think, and running out of steam. So, it was a little disappointing, but, you know, it is what it is. And they hung tight with uh, – like Georgia they hung tight with. You beat Tennessee. So, nice to finish it up with a bowl game, especially against a, a ranked team that, to me, we looked much better than. Oh, yeah. Game, so. David, I think it is kind of like the – if you're happy or not with the season is how much do you weigh what happened recently? Because in the middle of the season, like I don't know how you get much lower than back-to-back games against uh, Alabama and, and Florida and just getting destroyed in both games. I mean, you didn't think you were going to win. But Stoops, at least for the people around the program, it seemed like, you know, there was some question in whether or not he still had the locker room because uh, it's difficult to get pounded week after week after week and to still have guys want to play. I was shocked, honestly, like personally, I was super shocked whenever we had like everybody want to play in this bowl game against NC State. I thought for sure that there would be, you know, six plus players that would just decide, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to go rest and do something else because I'm just kind of done with that. Yeah. And even seeing after, after the game, um, how a lot of the players throughout the next week or two said that they were coming back for next season and stuff when they didn't necessarily um, like have to, I think that, I mean, I never really thought that Stoops would have lost the locker room just because of, how many years a lot of these guys have spent as part of the program and I've, how much most of them have good things to say about it. But it's really good to know that, one, we have a lot of um, talent coming back, and, two, that Stoops hasn't lost the locker room. Yeah, and we'll get to those players in a second because I think that's a, a big part of why I'm optimistic for next year is some of those players that returned that didn't have to or could have left. Um, but first, this actual NC State game that we played. Uh, I'll be honest, I had to listen to most of the first half on the radio and just caught the the fourth quarter um, on TV. But, Stephen, to my understanding, I didn't miss much. It wasn't the most exciting game. It was wonderful to end as a win and to knock off yes. a ranked team. But what what were you, what were your takeaways from the game? Mm, I am very thankful that Terry Wilson is no longer our quarterback, to be honest with you. Yes, he did some <laughs> great things for us. It was part of some good wins, but in my opinion, that had nothing to do with him. It had more to do with the defense and a NFL running back. So he just, whether it was lack of confidence, the injury, or maybe he just knew he was headed out, I just was not a fan of him all year long. And, again, he just made mistakes that, he just can't throw the pass. He can't throw a pass accurately to save his life. It doesn't seem like a time. So I was very frustrated watching him leave or watching him play and kind of glad to be turning a corner and having a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback. So, David, Steven's big takeaway is that Terry's no longer here. <laughs> well, the defense big... was great. Yeah, defense looked good. <laughs> what, what was your takeaway from that game? Um, I think all around – Aside from some of the passing game, we looked pretty good. Um, and, yeah, probably just defense. But defense seems to be the thing that we always say, like, oh, yeah, our defense is good, aside from, like, two games this year. 
I was just happy that we ended with a win because, like I said, I didn't watch. I listened to the first bit of it and then didn't watch until the fourth quarter. And it seemed like several times that we were trying to give the game away. We're like, we had the ball and we just need to run some clock and then we give it right back to them. Or we had a, a, a kickoff and they run it back to like the 50 or something and multiple personal fouls. you know what we did better this and... time this game? We What's gave that? the ball to our best running back. Yeah. That's true. Rodriguez uh, played pretty well. Rose was uh, running pretty well that game too, though. He had a couple big runs other than that, but Rodriguez was definitely the when you had to get yards, we didn't have rows and they're trying to get a three yard run. Yeah, I would agree with that. So happy to end with a win, happy to not to a 500 season, but you know, close enough for what was a very strange year in 2020. So we've alluded to a little bit of the fact that players have decided to come back. that didn't necessarily have to come back. Um, Steven, you've already mentioned one uh, addition by subtraction that you're pretty happy about with uh, Terry Wilson moving on because uh, he transferred, didn't he? Yep. yep. Everybody gets an extra year. This year doesn't count. So no matter what year you are this year, you could come back for an extra year next year, whether you're a senior, fifth-year senior, because we actually have a guy, um, Devontae Robinson, is going to be a sixth-year senior next wow. year. Wow. That's insane. So I know we were trying to get a list and maybe there's still changes that are going to happen or something, but we know Terry's gone. He's transferred. We know Jamin Davis on defense is left. Um, what about some of those guys that are, are coming back uh, that didn't have to for next year, Steven, that you think will be a, the biggest impact in the coming year? Uh, well, you also have Boogie Watson who left. Okay. Uh, and then you have Chris Rodriguez is still uh, undecided. Um, so if he comes back, uh, Landon Young also left, but you got two big offensive and Drake Jackson left. But you're going to have two returning offensive linemen come back next year. Um, that started all year for us. We got a good recruiting class there. I think pretty solid. Um, some young guys that are going to step up. So the offensive line with the two guys coming back should be another strength again. Uh, if Chris Rodriguez comes back, you got to love your running backs. Um, oh, yeah. I think you had Josh Ali decide to come back, which is going to really help the receiver core. I mean, he's the only one that really caught anything. Um, I think now both of our tight ends are coming back. I think Upshaw was a sophomore, I believe. And I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name right now. He was a senior. He's coming back. Rig. So your offense yeah, – what's that? Is it Rig? Rig, yeah, he's coming back. So basically your offense – to me, if you look – if Rodriguez comes back, you're going to lose – your starting center, which is rough, it's going to be hard to replace, and your left tackle and your quarterback. But I think the quarterback will be an improvement over next year. All your receivers coming back. If you get your running backs, your tight ends, I think your offense is set. Defense, you're going to lose Jamin Davis, who's going to be a stud to replace. Um, and Boogie Watson, who's tough. But, um, you know, you get Pascal back. <clears throat> you're going to get um, uh, DeAndre Square back still. So you've got a lot of guys coming back. You lose Kelvin Joseph, but I don't really know how much he how much he really played this year to help us out. I mean, you know, we um, knew his name, and that was about it. So yeah, and he did lead the SEC in interceptions somehow, some way. Yeah. But I feel like he kind of hurt us in a lot of key <laughs> moments. It seemed like, but you got a lot of DBs coming. and welcome to this edition of the Big Blue Brothers 
podcast. I'm Andrew. Alongside me are my brothers, Stephen and David, at various places throughout the country. Uh, David, how you doing, bud? I am fantastic. Wow. Always talk to me first. Going it's to okay, him, man. Hurtful. I just I wanted to make David Hurtful feel to switch it up. <laughs> I wanted to feel like he was accepted. We I waited only for twenty first. minutes to get this thing going, and you I still know. go to him first, huh? Trying Whatever. To wounds. We're fourteen minutes behind schedule. Whatever. And whose fault is that, Stephen? David's. All right. So, David, those are the only words you get to say for the broadcast. Stephen, how are you? <laughs> Doing wonderful. Fantastic. Uh, it's been a long time, but we had to wait for Kentucky to win a game before we could do a, a, a podcast again. And it, it took a while. Yes, they've won three since we've done it and a bowl game. So that's very exciting. But still, we didn't, we wanted to make sure that we weren't the curse. Yeah, kind of, oh. but we were. Well, I don't know. So if we lose again on, on Tuesday to Bama, then uh, that'll suck. But, hey, that's, you know. That's for first place. Yeah. We're, we're doing great, man. Our basketball, like, we have a basketball team now. But before we get to basketball, I think we should wrap up the football season since we have had a bowl win since then and kind of just final thoughts on the season. So, uh, David, at the beginning of the year, we all had very different uh, thoughts about how the year would go. I thought that we would win many more games than we did. Uh, but at the end, I feel good about how the season ended. It ended at five and six, got a bowl win against NC State. Kind of like, what are your final thoughts on the season, the way it went? Um, I mean, I'm still disappointed in the way the rest of the season went, but this game was pretty awesome. We did, we did pretty well, and – it's looking good for next season. And that's what I'm excited about instead of worrying about how poorly we did this season. Do you buy into the fact though, that like we won four SEC games and if that were a normal year where there's only like eight of them and then we win, you know, three or four of the non-conference ones that gets us to seven or eight wins. That's about a normal season at UK. So are you really disappointed with the record? Is it because particular teams we lost to? Is it just the final record that was a losing record? What What's the disappointment from? I think it's more just the just the losing record at the end of the season. Um, yeah, that that point of view has has validity to it. Like SEC is is tougher, but even without you know easy teams, we should have we should have gotten a win or two more than we have. Probably because some of those that we did lose seemed like they slipped away, like Ole Miss at the beginning of the year. Even we should have hung with Auburn a little bit better, stuff like that. Steven, what about you? Uh, David mentioned how the, the final result with a losing record isn't the best, but we see what a losing record in the SEC versus a ranked uh, NC State team, uh, who was the better in that one. So what, what are your kind of final thoughts? Disappointed? Uh, happy with how the season went? Kind of in the middle? Uh, probably in the middle. I mean, I think I was definitely frustrated throughout the year, but, um, I, I am one of those that appeals to the, if you play the regular year out, it's a eight and four team realistically. Um, yeah. I mean, who do we add? We added Alabama and Ole Miss that we added. Uh, that sounds right. Cause they would both um, be which, West teams and we play Mississippi state every year. So that, that sounds right. And Auburn yeah, was and already played, on the schedule. We were going to play Auburn anyway. So yeah. those are two of your losses. So uh, we finished, what, four and six. So that would put you at four and four. And then if you just – I mean, you're going to beat the three crap – well, the four crap games because Louisville sucks. So yes. um, really the only game that was – the two games to me that were frustrating, obviously Ole Miss losing to them at the end of the game like that. And then uh, Missouri was kind of bad. But Missouri turned out to be decent. But you can't – 
it sucked getting blown out by Alabama and Florida, but I mean, kind of what you expect in Alabama and Florida, we were just kind of guessed, I think, and running out of steam. So it is a little disappointing, but you know, it is what it is. And they hung tight with, so uh, like Georgia, they hung tight with. You beat Tennessee, so nice to finish it up with a bowl game, especially against a, a ranked team that, to me, we looked much better than. Oh the yeah. Bowl game, so, David, I think it is kind of like the if you're happy or not with the season is how much do you weigh what happened recently? Because in the middle of the season, like, I don't know how you get much lower than back-to-back games against uh, Alabama and, and Florida and just getting destroyed in both games. I mean, you didn't think you were going to win, but Stoops, at least for the people around the program, it seemed like, you know, there was some question in whether or not he still had the locker room. Uh, Cause it's difficult to get pounded week after week after week. It is still have guys want to play. I was shocked, honestly, like personally, I was super shocked whenever we had like everybody want to play in this bowl game against NC State. I thought for sure that there would be, you know, six plus players that would just decide, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to go rest and do something else because I'm just kind of done with that. Yeah, and even seeing after after the game um, how a lot of the players throughout the next week or two said that they were coming back for next season and stuff when they didn't necessarily, um, like, have to. I think that, I mean, I never really thought that Stoops would have lost the locker room just because of how many years a lot of these guys have spent as part of the program and I've, how much most of them have good things to say about it. But it's really good to know that, one, we have a lot of um, talent coming back and two, that Stoops hasn't lost the locker room. Yeah, and we'll get to those players in a second because I think that's a, a big part of why I'm optimistic for next year is some of those players that returned that didn't have to or could have left. Um, but first, this actual NC State game that we played. Uh, I'll be honest, I had to listen to most of the first half on the radio and just caught the, the fourth quarter um, on TV. But, Steven, to my understanding, I didn't miss much. It wasn't the most exciting game. It was wonderful to end as a win mm-hmm. and to knock off yes. a ranked team. But what what were you, what did, were your takeaways from the game? Mm, I am very thankful that Terry Wilson is no longer our quarterback. To be honest with you, yes, he did some great things for us. It was part of some good wins, but in my opinion, that had nothing to do with him. That had more to do with the defense and a NFL running back. So he just whether it was lack of confidence, the injury, or maybe he just knew he was headed out. I just was not a fan of him all year long. And, again, he just made mistakes. That he just can't throw the pass – he can't throw a pass accurately to save his life. It doesn't seem like a time. So, I was very frustrated watching him leave or watching him play and kind of glad to be turning a corner and having a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback. So, David, Steven's big takeaway is that Terry's no longer here. <laughs> well, the defense thing? was great. Yeah, defense looked good. <laughs> what, what was your takeaway from that game? Um, I think all around, aside from some of the passing game, we looked pretty good. Um, and, yeah, probably just defense. But defense seems to be the thing that we always say, like, oh, yeah, our defense is good, aside from, like, two games this year. I was just happy that we ended with a win because, like I said, I didn't watch – I listened to the first bit of it and then didn't watch until the fourth quarter – and it seemed like several times that we were trying to give the game away where like we had the ball and we just needed to run some clock and then we give it right back to them. Or we had a, a, a kickoff and they run it back to like the 50 or something and multiple personal calls. But you know what we did better this and, time, this game? We gave that? the ball to our best running back. Yeah. 
That's true. Rodriguez uh, played pretty well. Rose was uh, running pretty well that game too, though. He had a couple big runs other than that, but Rodriguez was definitely the – when you had to get yards, we didn't have Rose and they are trying to get a three-yard run. Yeah, I would agree with that. So happy to end with a win. Happy to – not – to a 500 season, but, you know, close enough for what was a very strange year in 2020. So we've alluded to a little bit of the fact that players have decided to come back that didn't necessarily have to come back. Um, Steven, you've already mentioned one uh, addition by subtraction that you're pretty happy about with uh, Terry Wilson moving on because uh, he transferred, didn't he? Yep. yep. Everybody gets an extra year. This year doesn't count. So no matter what year you are this year, you could come back for an extra year, next year, whether you're a senior, fifth-year senior, because we actually have a guy, um, Devontae Robinson, is going to be a sixth-year senior next wow. year. Wow, that's insane. So I know we were trying to get a list, and maybe there are still changes that are going to happen or something, but we know Terry's gone. He's transferred. We know Jamin Davis on defense has left. Um, what about some of those guys that are, are coming back uh, that didn't have to for next year, Stephen, that you think will be a, the biggest impact in the coming year? Uh, well, you also have Boogie Watson who left. Okay. Uh, and then you have Chris Rodriguez is still uh, undecided. Um, so if he comes back, uh, Landon Young also left, but you got two big offensive and Drake Jackson left, but you're going to have two returning offensive linemen come back next year. Um, that started all year for us. We got a good recruiting class there. I think pretty solid. Um, some young guys that are going to step up. So the offensive line with the two guys coming back should be another strength again. Uh, if Chris Rodriguez comes back, you got to love your running backs. Um, oh, yeah. I think you had Josh Ali decide to come back, which is going to really help the receiver core. I mean, he's the only one that really caught anything. Um, I think now both of our tight ends are coming back. I think Upshaw was a sophomore, I believe. And I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name right now. He's a senior. He's coming back. Rig. So your offense yeah. – what's that? Is it Rig? Rig, yeah, he's come back. So basically your offense, to me, if you look – if Rodriguez comes back, you're going to lose your starting center, which is rough. It's going to be hard to replace. And your left tackle and your quarterback. But I think the quarterback will be an improvement over next year. All your receivers coming back. If you get your running backs, your tight ends, I think your offense is set. Defense, you're going to lose Jamin Davis, who's going to be a stud to replace. Um, and Boogie Watson, who's tough. But, um, you know, you get Pascal back. <clears throat> you're going to get um, uh, DeAndre Square back still. So you've got a lot of guys coming back. Uh, you lose Kelvin Joseph, but I don't really know how much he <laughs> how much he really played this year to help us out. I mean, you know, um, we knew his name, and that was about it. So yeah, and he did lead the SEC in interceptions somehow, some way. Yeah. But I feel like he kind of hurt us in a lot of key <laughs> moments, it seemed like. But you got a lot of DBs coming back. And the biggest thing to me is your two safeties, Devontae Robinson and Yusuf Corker, both coming back. We said Dante Robinson coming back for a sixth year. Corker's coming back for his fifth year, I believe. So your defense, it's going to be a, the question mark's going to be the linebackers losing Jamin Davis. Need somebody to step in and replace him. Um, because you still won't have oats for next year. So that's going to be a step. But I think the defense we've proven can handle its own. It's just the offense got to get it going a little bit. Now, David, this may You're going to lose your punter, too, though. We're going to lose our punter. Oh, that sucks. Do we have another Australian coming in? We have another Australian <laughs> rugby Then we're fine. In. We do. We're fine. <laughs> if we, if we we've do. got someone uh, from Australia coming in, we'll be just fine. I have no worries on the, the punting issue. 
Now, David, this may be an exaggeration, but I really do think that one of, if not the biggest returning player that we have, not because he's the best, but because of the need at the position would be our wide receiver, Ali. Just having a guy, the only one that actually caught passes this past year, and then also the tight ends as well, I guess, working them in as well. Um, I guess the question is, what do you think are kind of the biggest uh, effect on returners next year? Uh, do you think it's Ali? Do you think it's uh, returning so many from defense? What What are your thoughts? I was just waiting for my mom to chime in and say, I think Ali is going to be the biggest, um, the biggest asset to come back. Unless Rodriguez comes back, um, I know we're not – I know we pretty much always have good running backs, but I think Ali will probably be more important just because of how um, the OC is going to try to push toward passing a little more, and that will put a lot of pressure on if he doesn't succeed, succeed this year, you know, how much pressure from the school or from Stoops or the fans or whatever gets put on us going back to a running game. Yeah. Steven, with the new offensive coordinator coming in, supposed to be passing the ball more which you know has been said before but hopefully this is a, a real thing uh, this go around we've got two you know quarterbacks that we know a little bit about because they got a tiny bit of playing time throughout the year um, who do you think going into this next season in a way too early prediction will end up being our quarterback uh, beginning next season well, I'm going to hope for Bo Allen, um, but if I could backtrack on you real quick, I think the biggest returning coming back next year, by the way, is a tandem of Luke Fortner and Darren Kennard because you put two, I believe they're both, one of them's a two-year starter, one of them's a three-year starter, back on offensive line to solidify that line. So my opinion is it's the offensive line. Yeah. But I hope it's Bo Allen. Um, I just – part of it is I think he's just a homegrown kid, um, you know, from right here in Lexington – so it would be – I would like to see him do it. I like Joey Gatewood, the – what he could give you, uh, kind of like a light Cam Newton. But I don't – I'm of the opinion I think our running backs uh, and offensive line is good enough. You don't need a running quarterback. You If we had somebody that could stand back there and sling it, we are – I would like to see us build as a – obviously this is the, the dream scenario is Alabama, but like Alabama, Mac Jones doesn't run. He just sits yeah. back there and slings it. Their running backs and offensive line are good enough to run. Um, same with Clemson, Ohio State, all these people. They have a quarterback that could run. They don't use him as a running quarterback because they just need to sit back, throw the ball, and let the running backs do what they need to do. That's what I like to see. I think the new offensive coordinator – uh, he has said he'll kind of incorporate some stuff. I hope and pray he kills the Wildcat. I never want to see it again. I'm over the Wildcat <laughs> formation. I like that we got an NFL guy because I think we need to start running an NFL-type offense. He even said he's going to go under center some, which to me sounds like we're going to get rid of the stupid clapping that we do yeah. to snap the ball. That does I'm look weird. It. I just – I'm not a fan of – you can't get a – you don't ever draw people off sides because you're just clapping, so there's no voice – so I, I just like to see us – I think we're going to move from a college offense to an NFL-style offense, and I think that will be great for receivers, running backs, and even the defense to give the defense a break because they're just on the field all the time. And in that shift, it's not just the OC, right? Isn't the new what, running backs coach that we got? He is coming over he's from, from the Bengals. Yeah, he's coming from the Bengals, uh, which would be nice to have. Um, and then I think I'm – going to assume the OC Cohen's going to be the quarterback coach because that's what he did for LA was a quarterback's coach mm -hmm. so I'm assuming he's going to take that role as well uh, but we're keeping our receivers coach obviously keeping our tight ends coach because he's the best in the country 
So yeah, we should be pretty set. So David, maybe a slightly different question on your end. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win the battle or who do you hope is going to win the battle was kind of the answer that we got. Um, but for our offense going down the road, it seems like Bo Allen, like Stephen was saying, more of a, a pure passer, going to sit back and, and sling the ball around the field. Uh, Joey Gatewood being, yeah, hopefully a strong passer, but his strength, you know, what he gives you different from Bo Allen um, is the ability to run the ball and being such a big body, you know, maybe different than obviously Lynn Bowden when he's dink or getting all the way around the field and just juking everybody out. But kind of the big body of Joe, uh, Joey Gatewood which do you hope will end up being our quarterback? And then which of those two styles do you think is better for the team going forward? I think that we really haven't seen enough of them um, to like us as fans kind of gauge which one should really be the one to excel. Um, But it sounds and kind of looks like Joey Gatewood is going to be the better, more accurate, like, you know, longer slinging passer, which would be a really great thing. Um, it wouldn't be a bad thing um, if we still kept some of the run game in there from a quarterback just um, just as a threat. But I'm just not leaning the same way that we leaned this season where I feel like, you know, we five times out of six, can. yeah, we ran. And, you know, even when even when Terry got the ball, they still set up to, you know, to stop the run because that's all we were going to do. Yeah, I think we just need to reset. Like, regardless of anything else, just throwing the ball from the quarterback. <laughs> Maybe in a few years we can get back. Average more than, like, 118 yards of throwing a game. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be great. And really, that's the thing. The bar is so low for these guys coming in. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if you could complete just a couple of passes, we'd be happy. Right? It'd be great. I don't know about killing the wildcat, though, David. I mean, Steven says we should get rid of it. That's dude, our I don't like it, it, man. Kill it, like dude. It. Get rid of it. I know it's like our, it's like our, it's like our signature play. We love to use all the time, but it's, it's not our it's signature not play. It's garbage. Again, it works with special athletes sometimes, but not it just worked, anybody. It worked one game against South Carolina seven years ago, <laughs> and we stuck with it. And a couple times it worked with Benny Snell. Guess what? The NFL got rid of it for a reason. Well, it doesn't work. I think that's a true story there. My, my thing is like, if you want to look at like what works, look at the NFL, look at Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, the premier football conference, football teams in the college football. You have to go like they're doing, or you got to go completely weird, quirky like Chip Kelly used to do. You can't have a mixture. So, Go the Alabama route and the Clemson route. It works. And the conventional wisdom used to be Kentucky would have to do that weird, quirky type offense to be able to do anything. But we've shown right. like we can we at least move the ball a little, running the ball. And I, I think if we just had some sort of a passing offense, that we really could uh, we could be good. And that would always be fun in football. Uh, that would be a great thing. Any other final thoughts on football before we move on to uh, basketball? Let's not play Alabama anytime soon. In football. Good point. I, I was going to say, it's coming up in basketball Tuesday, Steve. So <laughs> That's okay. Football, we're good. Well, we're speaking good. of basketball, we have the chance, guys, on Tuesday to match the football team's record and move to five and six in That's basketball. Sad. That's sad. That's sad. So, I think we should start, now that we have our minds wrapped around that, um, what the heck 
happened in December? Like COVID. We didn't. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. COVID happened the whole year. It's happened to everybody. We just suck. Why did we suck so bad in December and lose six in a row? Because Keon Brooks wasn't on the team. Okay. Your best player, Brandon Boston, was I don't know where. And your second best player, Clark, was injured for three of those games. Well, no, I guess only one of those games. But So I think you just had your best players not playing well, not playing like the best players are supposed to be. Nobody of any kind of toughness. I mean, I think the before last night or yesterday's game, five of the last seven were one possession games. Yeah. So you're kind of right there in a lot of those games. You're just this much off. So it's not like it was – we got blown out every game. Now it still sucks to lose to Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and Louisville, but you know. David, is that more? There. Yeah, is that more of like because we're a young team and we don't have that maturity that we didn't pull out any of those close games? I mean, we're not really a super young team. We have several transfers, so it's not like we're missing. You know, we're just starting all freshmen. It's not like it's a bunch of seventeen and eighteen year olds. Um, I feel like true, but you're also starting a player at Wake Forest who never went to the tournament. You're starting a guy at Creighton who didn't play much. His he sat out for a full year because he was hurt, and a guy from Rhode Island. So maybe across the board, big time stage experience is what we lack. Even if they've played college basketball, it's just like being Kentucky, having the target on your back every single game is not something that they're used to. Probably. So, Sorry, I'm to cut you off, David. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. Oh, I'm, that, that's it. <laughs> well, in the midst of all this, the big talking point seemed to be with most uh, sports shows and anything else was fans clamoring for Dante Allen to get a chance to come out and play. Oh, boy. Here we um, go. What are your thoughts <laughs> on this whole saga? Uh, the, certain people seem to be very happy of the fact that he – I mean, he's a Kentucky kid, which is great. And I think that's awesome. Like, it's cool. Hopefully we get Bo Allen to be quarterback because that'd be really cool to have a Kentucky guy. It's cool that he's, you know, a Kentucky guy and and having success came out against Mississippi State and hit like seven threes in the double overtime game. I just, what what, what are your thoughts, Stephen, on this whole Dante Allen thing since you said, oh, dear, in in response to this? (laughs) I think it kind of goes a little bit of a conversation you and I had of a sports talk show that – all season long was like, oh, quit worrying about Terry. The coaches, see practice. He's obviously the better guy to have. You got to play Terry. But now we're like, oh, you got to play Dante because he's a shooter and blah, 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 and not doing the coaches, see practice, all these other things. And it's because he's a Kentucky kid, and I think somebody is trying to win Kentucky people so that he can be in politics soon, uh, personally. David, are you planning on running for uh, for office soon? Is, is Not anytime funny? soon. You know, I don't <laughs> think it'll work. Yeah, you got to move back. Pretty <laughs> <quick>. <laughs> That'd be an issue. So I think he, I think he definitely helps us. But even in the games he's like in the Mississippi State game and the Vandy game, he gave up a lot of things. Mississippi State game, he just happened to get hot. He's a good player for us. But I think honestly, as sad as it sounds, it probably took the Transy game with Clark being out to be able to see him get his time because. And he could just be a guy that doesn't practice well and plays well. There are those guys, but yeah. practice how you get on the floor. And Cal Perry's been doing this for a long time. Whether he was right or not about playing Dante, 
I don't care. He's figuring it out as we go through the season. So let him do it. And people just keep going on and on about, oh, we were right. We were right. Okay, fine. Yeah. The fans are right. Go ahead. Move on and get on with it. We're That's the that. thing I don't understand. Like, if we're wanting to win – it shouldn't be like, oh, we the fans were right and Cal was wrong. Right. He should, he should, you know, stick it to him or whatever. Who cares? It's because Cal hasn't come out and said, you guys were right. One person's butthurt about it. Who cares? Like, I just, I just want to win games and whatever Cal thinks is going to win. I mean, I like basketball and I watch a pretty large amount of basketball. I think I know, you know, a little bit. Cal obviously knows more than the three of us combined. I mean, that's what he does for right. a living. He watches much more tape. He's not always perfect, but going into a game, I would take his decision-making over any of ours. I mean, anything. And you look at – everybody wants to talk about his offense needs to evolve. Okay. Did you all say that last year? No. The year yeah. before? No. The year before that? No. You've never said it in any other year before. Why are you saying it this year? Because we went one and six. Yeah. Like, That's what cool. level of success – I mean, not that people shouldn't be accountable, but what level of success does it take for somebody and what longevity of that success And I'd be willing school? to bet you if we beat Louisville – Nobody says a word. Oh, probably. Probably. But I just wonder, like, have we has he not earned at least a little bit of leeway when it comes to this thing? We do this every year. Not, I mean, it hasn't been this bad at the beginning. But David, like, we do this every year where we don't do what like we have really high expectations. Then, oh, a few players aren't as good as we thought they were gonna be. Shocker. And then we're like, what are we gonna do? We're gonna miss the tournament, whatever else. And then Cal's able to turn it around. I know one in six is different, and there aren't as many. Yeah, this games. year is gonna be hard to make the tournament. I understand, <laughs> but but wow, the lack of confidence. And what are your thoughts on Dante Allen? Then I guess since I asked Stephen, I don't know. Um, I didn't think... watch a game in three months. I... False. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I you watched the game that... yesterday. Yes. I watch every game. I think that uh, Cal seems to hold on to things like a little too long. Like, you know, when our shooters in the past haven't been shooting well and then he just yanks them out and keeps them out for a long time. I think the same thing kind of happened, just keeping Dante Allen out and like trying to keep going with Boston and stuff. Um, so maybe he could have played like a game earlier or something. But I, mean, I think he that he makes in. Yeah, he had yeah, played and, I... and he hadn't done anything. And I, Stephen and I were talking about the other day, David, how like when when you have a player, you know, like Boston or something, he's not played well. He he played, he, he's getting or better and, and starting to, yeah, or Clark doing other things. And you're trying to get them going. And the idea is they have a higher ceiling. And so you don't want to lose them in the season, stuff like that. But even like anybody else, think of, uh, you know, Toppin that's been gotten, you know, quite a few minutes this year. When it comes to somebody who's just a shooter, and that's all that they can do. Not saying that's necessarily what Dante Allen is, but the, the the talk had been the defense wasn't quite there and whatever else. If that's all that they can do and they miss shots, yeah, they come out because they're not helping you at all. But if you've got and another player think, where they can do other things, then you can leave them in and work through it because they're still contributing in other parts and of the I, game. I think regardless of how you want to say it's right, wrong, fair, fair unfair, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Star players get more chances to make mistakes. Yeah. So, yes, Cal is going to pull a Dante Allen out quicker because he misses a jump shot, and Boss is going to get to shoot 20. Well, that's because Boston is a higher recruit. He has the bigger upside. He's going to get more chances. The same way, on a much larger scale, LeBron is going to get much more chances to shoot than even somebody like Contavious Caldwell Pope on his own team because, dude, it's LeBron. He's the better player. He's the better He's going to have games where he's off. That's okay. 
odds are he's going to do more for us at the end of it. Same philosophy applies still at Kentucky. No, so I and we're not going to do anything if we make the tournament. We go nowhere unless BJ Boxing is a stud and Clark is a stud. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's we're true. not going to win because of Dante Allen. So I'd much rather sure at some point you have to win games, but give Boston as much rope. And if you ask me, yesterday he played great. Yesterday he only had yeah. 13 points, but played great. Two big steals. He had a couple big rebounds. He played great, and he's he's even got the point now where on the fast break where I think it was Askew threw it to him and he went for the layup and lost it. He he pointed to his chest, said "My bad," and pointed right to his teammate and said "My bad, I got you on the next one." He has yeah. gotten better. He's in the game. He's bouncing on defense. He has obviously come around to it. Yeah. And, David, to me, you see the correlation, Stephen bringing up the, the Florida game from the other day, which we need to talk a lot more about because it was a completely different team than what we had seen earlier, whether that's just Keon Brooks or it's something else. I think with Dante Allen being on the court, the thing it does help with is you can see the correlation between basketball and football. How what we needed as a football team, if we could have some sort of a passing attack, it's not just you're going to gain yards passing. But also, when you can throw the ball, it opens up so many more options running the ball. I think the same thing is true whenever we've got guys that come in, either experienced players like Keon Brooks or shots start to fall for guys like Dante Allen or anybody else. If you have shots that are going in, it's going to help everything get better on offense, which in turn makes things get better on defense because guys like to see the ball go through the basket. So if that happens, they're going to be more pumped about the game. So what I guess question would be, what do you think is, is the change there? We looked even in those games, like we're three and in the sec right now, coming up to Alabama, we beat Mississippi state. Dante Allen had to go off and it took two overtimes to beat Mississippi state. Okay. We beat Vandy by not very much. So wins, But I had no confidence coming out of those games. I was like, okay, yeah, we need to win them. Florida was completely different. Like, they're not a terrible team. We played at Florida. It's not the same as a normal year. But we played at Florida, and we trucked them. Like, we won by 18 or so. What what, what do you think was the difference? Is Keon Brooks just that good at coming back in? Why did we win that game by that large of a margin? I think one Keon Brooks just being a veteran player, <clears throat> trying to you know kind of being someone that people can rally around, uh, and the team kind of look toward. But also, I mean, he is he is a, a threat. I mean, he's not he's not bad at defense. He's you know he makes shots. So I mean, just having that extra guy, just like you were saying, um, you know, with football too, it just kind of spreads it out, and and we have more threats on the court. Steven? Uh, I think a lot of it is Keon because, one, he gives you um, – he does give you another person to spread the floor. So now when you get your best lineup, which is probably right now Boston, Brooks, Saar, Askew, and Mintz, you've got five people that can shoot. You don't have an Isaiah Jackson in there who can't shoot a jump shot or, uh, you know, even uh, Ware who can't shoot. But he also gives you – he's a rebounder. He's very tenacious. He rebounds. He's also very good with his feet, so he can switch out guard people, guard guards. So he gives you a lot of a well-rounded game, and he just makes – he makes the right reads a lot of times. Like even his – early on, that bounce pass, um, I guess it was in the second half. I think it was my best, uh, first half. It was he made that bounce pass to Saar, who had the dunk. And I was listening to it on the bro- – listening to the radio broadcast, and Leach and Pratt were talking about how he made the bounce pass away from the defender, which led Sar to the basket. He basically passed Sar open. We don't have anybody else that does that. Yep. That's where you see the growth of, oh, I've had some playing time. The game's slower for me. I'm going to pass you open. I think the biggest thing for our team that's helped us, though, is Askew. 
learning how to become a point guard again. He struggled early on. Uh, and then going into yesterday, since the Georgia the Notre Dame game, or the George, whichever one of the Notre Dame and Georgia Tech games were second, I forget which one now, he's got 17 assists, three turnovers. He's starting to get more assists and turnovers now, which is helping the team get into a rhythm, get into a flow. He wasn't the point guard for a while because he struggled. He's coming back to being a point guard. All teams, all good teams have good point guard play. You have to have a good yep. point guard to get somewhere. So that, to me, is the biggest thing. Ask you, become a point guard. Then Keon Brooks help spread the floor. Plus, Ware's nice. He's a bully. He hustlers. He hustles. But he can't be – you can't play him and Jackson together. And that's what we had to do. So Keon gives you another big. And then Boston's starting to come around. Now, if we get him to start knocking some shots down and get Clark going, now we're getting really scary. Yeah. Any other big takeaways from the game from either of y'all moving forward? Cal can coach. <laughs> That's my next question. Is Cal off of the hot seat now? <laughs> he never was on a hot seat. By the way, people I, forget, we play, we play Texas still this year. Yeah. So we're the fourth team in the country. We ain't just the SEC we got left. We need that for our resume, I would imagine. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. All right, so I have a question for you guys. What no would question. it take for you to be calling for Calipari's job? So, like, for me, I would think it would have to be, like, three whole missed tournaments. Like, we didn't make it in with good I players. I wouldn't even say missed tournaments. I would say probably two years of mediocrity um, where you maybe make the tournament, you get bounced early first weekend. Back-to-back -back years of that and players still leaving would be hard to handle. Um, that third year would be a, all right, you better kind of better do something this year. Or we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. I, I thought missing the tournament two years in a row would be it for me. Or if you had, I think it'd be a little longer than two, if it was just, we got bounced early, but like three years, if we don't make it to the second weekend, I, I would be done. But yeah. I don't see that happening. Cause I think Cal is a really good coach <laughs> and like the perfect one for what we need. Not perfect, but like the, the, the question, who are you going to get? asking questions. I got one for you. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on the UK players taking a knee. David. <laughs> <laughs> right to protest. That's Andrew. Fine. I have, I have, the, I have the right to do lots of things. That's not an opinion. <laughs> what do you think, Andrew? I think it's disappointing. I, I think that there's no reason that you should be kneeling for uh, the national anthem. It's it's sad to me. I, I think that it's disrespectful to people that have died for the flag. Um, that is 100 million percent within their freedom of speech and whatever else. Uh, but I just would disagree with that decision. I was talking to somebody about it the other day because it's not just you know players and athletes, but students uh, see players and athletes do things and then. Uh, they want to be like those people uh, and they want to do similar things. I was talking to somebody the other day about how, to me, it's like, for us, mom and dad, like we've done stupid things in our lives before. I think we would agree. I don't know. Maybe you guys think you're perfect. But we've done stupid things. And mom and dad, like, were probably disappointed in different things that we might have done. Might have been, you know, upset or, you know, didn't agree with things that we had done but they still always loved us. And I think that they always would love us with whatever we're doing. I think there are a lot of things going on in our country that aren't great. Our country is not perfect, never has been, never will be. And I'm disappointed in some things, the riots, whether they happened this past summer or the riots at the Capitol were disgusting to me and they made me extremely angry. 
But to me, I still love my country in the same way that I think mom and dad will always love us. Like we're not perfect, but it's, it's mine. Like this is what we're a part of here. And so I think it's disappointing anytime somebody decides to, to kneel during the anthem or, or anything else. Um, but that's my take. Stephen, what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm kind of along the same way. I, I hate to see it uh, as far as I get to write the protests and I'm, I've talked to several people that have protested here in Louisville and all for the protest, man. Do, do, do what you want to do. Do what you got to do. I get it. Um, there's obviously things we can change um, countrywide, statewide, citywide. Um, I just, I have so much respect for the flag and the anthem. I don't like when people talk during the national anthem. And I, yeah. I, I so that, that bothers me, but that's a personal thing of mine. It's not a personal thing of theirs. So I can't, that, it's the, you got to do what you got to do. But for me, I do think you stand there, you stand up, whether you put your hand over your heart or not, it doesn't matter to me. It's more of just standing at attention, give the respect that the, the song, the people that have fought for it have, have what they've, they fought for, give the respect that it's due. But do what you want to do. I'm still going to watch basketball. I'm yeah. not going to go away from it just because <laughs> they took a knee. People that are upset about it, and I know our parents love and dear them that don't want to watch stuff because of that. And that's fine. That's your prerogative. You can do what you want. I'm still going to be here every day. I'm going to watch every game and go on with it. Yeah. So they start talking it, about a lot of other stuff. Than I'm too, like what you were saying, it's that respect thing. Like, I feel like if I were in a different country, like, you know, if I was in Poland or Canada or Germany or whatever else, and they had their anthem going on or something, obviously I'm not going to, you know, be singing along with them or having my hand on my heart. But if it's cussed, like if that's what you do with an anthem, I would stand out of respect because that's where I am. And that's what, not even if it was just my country and that again, agree with the right to protest, whatever else, but just because you have the so right I, to do something doesn't mean I think that it's, it's the right I'll say decision. Too, like I, I, it was a very weird, the first time I ever did it was weird and she warned me about it, but we went to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, it's the first time I ever went to their home game. They do something different. They don't, they're not quiet. As soon as the anthem starts to play, Everybody cheers, they yell, they clap. They get as loud as they can during the, the whole national anthem. It's weird. I've never had it before, mm -hmm. but it's actually kind of cool, and I think it was actually neat. So it's not it's not so much a – it's not the part of making noise or talking. It's the, how you respect it. And to me, it's a respect thing. That's all it is. And you can take a knee and be respectful. You know, you can take a knee and be – as long as you're not, like, goofing off to me and distracting from it, you can still be respectful to the anthem. And I'm, I'm cool with it, so – it is. It, they can do it. There. They're they're more than welcome to do it. Like I said, I'll still be here. I still buy UK gear. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I think I think like in the perspective of people who take a knee, they probably believe that they're doing a patriotic duty by protesting something that they think is a is a big issue. Well, and let's be honest. I mean, the big thing about protest are you need to get the the ball rolling, right? You want people to talk about it. Well. Is that what better way to talk about it than to? It's not being. It's not being. It's you're not destroying property. Are they're taking a knee, and they're being silent. They're not saying anything bad. They take a knee, and everybody talks about it. It got the. It got. It did. It had the effect they wanted to. So they did what they accomplished. They they accomplished what they wanted to do with it. It get the conversation going. I just get discouraged because usually the reason that you protest in a physical way is if you're not heard, and I feel like athletes in this nation are not only heard but oftentimes but they're, they're, not, they're not doing it they're not doing it for athletes so that's what you have to understand and they're doing uh -huh. it for people they feel like aren't being heard i so. guess i i thought it was interesting the way that the ladies team did for the university of louisville uh they the other day i saw that they 
had a video play uh, before the anthem, and their entire team stood up together. Uh, and then before the anthem was played, they had a video, and it had each of their faces uh, and then a quote from them. And it was, I stand for, and then fill in the blank. So some of them was, I stand for um, my relatives that served in the U.S. military. Some of them were, I stand for um, African-Americans to be treated properly in the United States, like that sort of a thing to where they got their, you know, what they wanted to say out. So different ways that people approach it. And I thought that that was uh, an interesting thing there, but hmm. wonderful questions. Any last, you know, fantastic things that we want to say here? Hey, I thought we'd go a little, little side piece there. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, oh, I guess we do need to talk one more thing, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, so we play Bama this week, uh, and then I think Auburn after that. Um, yeah. Bama on, on Tuesday. Then, oh, no, Tuesday is home game, right? Mm, I think. Let's see. Yes, home uh, versus Alabama. We play Tuesday night, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. Uh, and then on Saturday, we'll play uh, Auburn at Auburn uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, what do you guys think coming out of this week? What's our record? Uh, do you think these games are close? You can give scores if you want to, but what, what are your thoughts? David, we'll start with you. I say we're one and one. Um, I don't think that we really have like more necessarily like a huge larger chance of beating one than the other. I just think that we don't follow through with both games. I think that they're both close and that we win one and lose one. And Bama's good. They just beat Tennessee. And Tennessee's pretty good this year. Yeah, and one of Auburn's players just <laughs> and one of Auburn's players just got um, okayed by the NCAA, so they're going to play their I think their first game against us. Well, I'm gonna go out and say we're two and zero. I say two and zero as well. I think Bama's close. I think we fight through and we beat them, and then I think we beat Auburn by ten. So um, I'm excited. Maybe it's way too much optimism after watching the Florida game. But it wasn't <laughs> I think to me. They, they have to go one and one, though. They can't go yeah. two. You got to go one and one. Two and oh, you're great. One and one, you're still in there. And I'm very confident after the, the Florida game because to me, it's different from, like, again, like I said, the other two games, Mississippi State and Vandy, like we won, but not by very much. But also, it didn't seem like we were up big because somebody just went off. Like, we won by a significant margin. And it was like everybody was playing well. Everybody was hustling. It wasn't somebody just, you know, was shooting from the logo and the stuff was going in. Right. Like, we looked like a good basketball team. And that's what gets me excited for the rest of the season. Only thing we got to work on is rebounding. We don't rebound very well right now. Yeah. Look at that. That'd be great. Yeah. Cal's got this, right? Something like that. <laughs> All right, David, Steven, thank you guys for joining. I had a blast. Hope you did, too. Toodles. Always. And for those of you listening, thanks so much for joining us here on the Big Blue Brothers podcast. Ask that you join us next time, hopefully next Sunday. We'll see. And until then, we'll see you.